0: This is another damn! sports podcast. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another damn sports podcast. I am Drew Torres. He is Money Mike Gilchrist. And Mike, I thank you. I, the last couple of weeks, the theme for the intro has been Okay, Mike's dealing with some sadness, um, some depression around his favorite football team, the New York Giants. I think at this point, we've already reached acceptance. Um, I think he, he's he's done making the claims, oh, if we win this game, we're back, baby. Because uh, yeah. the Giants just lost to the Raiders last week, 30-6, to which we'll go into in just a minute. And uh, that really was the nail in the coffin, uh, along with Daniel Jones going down with an ACL tear, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just that wasn't even a fun game to watch and it was kind of like i wasn't watching this game with like any kind of like sadness or really disappointment it was more of like well ah, you know it is what it is the new york giants are kind of like i don't know if you're familiar with lewis black's uh candy corn bid where he talks about how you get excited for candy corn every single fall and then after a few bites you realize it's the same shit that it has always been like it's not very good it's like oh yay Here's some corn that tastes like candy. God, I can't wait. A few bites in. Oh, this tastes like shit. That's kind of like what the Giants have been the last, like, I don't know, 10 years. It's like, oh, I'm so excited. I was so positive coming into this year. You know, they made the playoffs last year. They won the playoff game. And on paper, they made some decisions that made the team look better. So I'm like, instead of being like you were cautiously optimistic coming into the year about the Jaguars, I was like, yeah, the Giants are going to be good. They're going to be a playoff team again. They might win another playoff game maybe this year. They might get to the NFC championship game if they're lucky, if they improve upon Last year, at best, they'll, you know, get knocked down the division round. But still, that would be good from where they've been over the last 10 years. I'll be satisfied with that. Uh, and then every game has been just a glaring disappointment after another, after another. And it's like, oh, they're still
0: shit, you know? So... Good question for you. Has there been a giant season ever that has been more agonizing and painstaking to watch than this one? Because it has to be so difficult to watch your team play so poorly offensively, for whatever reason, whether that's Daniel Jones struggling, whether that's the coaching, whatever, or the lack of a roster talent. But to watch them just struggle to put points on the board so mightily to the point where it's, like, kind of laughable how poor their stats are. I feel like that has to be so tough to watch week to week as a fan.
1: I mean, it's frustrating, but it's like... It's more frustrating due to the fact that there were expectations going into the year. Like in 2018, 19, and 20, there weren't really high expectations on the Giants. So it was like kind of like they were bad, but I kind of knew that they were going to be. So it wasn't like too depressing about it. It was annoying because you really want your team to win every single week. But this year, you know, after the year we had last year, it was really like a uh, exciting year. I mean, because the Giants were in every game. They were competitive. Um, You know, you felt like there's just new Culture with the new GM and coach, and um, just a winning. They seem that they brought like kind of a winning atmosphere to the Giants that was going to build. And unfortunately, we've taken a dive. Now I don't want to be one of these people that's prisoner of the moment. I don't want the Giants' owner to then uh, be trigger happy and fire Coach Dayball or Joe Shane. I think that in the long run, they're still what's best for the New York Giants. I think mm-hmm. that we've just been played with injuries on our offensive line. Um, our offensive line was young. To begin with, Um, you know, Daniel Jones couldn't be effective as a result of that and then was also injury prone. Um, And so I think that just too many things went wrong and their schedule was really tough to start the year. I mean, I don't you know, you have to be able to beat good football teams. But let's be honest, they were matched up against teams that were more talented than them. And most of those games were on the road. That's just tough to do. Um, So. They're going to be in the top five for draft pick. How high they're going to be, I don't know, because it's tricky with the whole Carolina-Chicago trade, how no matter where Carolina falls, Chicago has that pick, and then Chicago's also bad, so they're going to have a high pick as well. Who knows where we're going to be compared to the New England Patriots, who are also scrambling. Um,
0: That Cardinals win doesn't help.
1: Cardinals, yeah, I mean, the Cardinals are there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um,
0: so the I mean, they have I, I, worries, I, I, So they I, wouldn't draft a quarterback most likely, but you never know with the Cardinals. I mean, they drafted a quarterback in the first round two years in a row. So
1: yeah. And with Daniel Jones going down with the ACL tear, he's going to most likely be out obviously the rest of this year, but he might be out at the beginning of next year too. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, you guys have to draft a quarterback if you can, like, like it doesn't matter yeah. if
0: Daniel Jones is available or not.
1: Yeah. So. And, 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 and people were like mourning Daniel Jones injury. The same people probably criticizing Jones a couple of weeks ago were, we're like mourning, like, oh, no, if he never plays a game for the Giants again, thanks, DJ, and all this. I'm like, what a load oh, of crap. Be- I'm like, what a load of crap. Because here's the thing. he's We're tied to Daniel Jones for at least at least the rest of next year, too. We can yeah. get out of his deal, but he's going to have some dead money on there. Uh, but we're stuck with him for at least another year. And, yeah, I agree with you. If we have a are in a position to draft a quarterback, we should – I just don't know if the kid from USC is the right guy. I know everyone's high on him, but I, I just don't like the kid's attitude. He wants ownership stake, you know, yeah. in one of the teams that drafts him. Like, it's just like, that's not a guy who I think is the right fit. And I don't think it's a guy that, that John Merrow would want in his organization.
0: You know, so. Yeah, but, you, I mean, there are some other guys, too, though. I mean, there's Drake May, who everybody's talking about, is a great prospect, too, out of out of UNC. And uh, Shadur Sanders, right, out of Colorado. So, You never know, there could be someone available that the Giants might find to be really effective uh, during their their reviews during the offseason. But we'll talk about that uh, later down the season when uh, draft selection and draft order is more solidified. But for now, I think as a Giants fan, you're going to watch, right? We always do. We're suckers. I've been in this position before. You never want to root for your team to lose, but there's always kind of a silver lining the more games that they do lose. Because then you have a better position in the draft.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. And well, that's the thing with Daniel Jones going down. It's not that I am going to be rooting for the team to lose. I actually have like uh, a kind of complete, I don't know what the right word is. I'm kind of content. Content is what I was looking for. I'm kind of content that they're going to lose every game because it's like, well, I know they're not going to go out there and tank. But they're going to be so bad that they don't need to do that. They're going to just get beat and we're going to have the high draft pick. So I don't have to be in that position where I'm rooting for us to lose. Cause it's like, I'm not rooting for it. I just know what's going to happen. You know,
0: it, <laughs> is, is Tommy DeVito going to be the guy for the rest of the season or did they go out? And, or I know Matt Barkley's on the practice squad, so it could be him, but is it just those yeah, guys
1: they up today? Uh, I don't even remember who it was, but uh, it was Tyrod's out for the next three weeks minimum because he was put on the IR before this last game. Um, and so, yeah, oh, it, right Tommy now the beat looks it, so bad. I know, I know, I know. It's uh, it's 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 not good. But you really, what's gonna help this show and save us some time is that we're gonna open each show. Mike, the Giants, they lost again. I'll be like, yep, they suck. All right,
0: next segment. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yep, we used to do that with the Jags, especially. What didn't we start? Or we didn't start this season, uh, this show with like their one win season. But we did do this show during the Jags one win season, and I do remember yeah. like after week six, I'm like, all right, Jags suck. Let's move on. So I think we'll have kind of a similar energy here with the Giants. And we'll talk about them a lot more towards the end of the season when we uh, figure out their draft pick.
1: Yeah. One thing of note though, I will say, I, even though I'm never happy about a Giants loss, I was happy for Antonio Pierce being the interim head coach of the Raiders, a former champion with the New York Giants. Uh, I was glad that he was, uh, you know, that he was spoken so highly of by the players in the Raiders organization before the game and uh, how uh, excited they were, you know, in the locker room for him uh, after the game. Um, And so I hope – I wish him well, and I wish the Raiders well for that standpoint. And they they could be a team that people are going to sleep on because people think the Raiders are bad. But, I mean, they play the Jets next week, and they still have to play the Broncos, who are not great. The Chargers aren't consistent, um, even though they had a big win against the Jets. But, again, it was the Jets. So, (laughs) I mean, the Raiders are a team that could sneak up and maybe – the a wild card, we'll have to see. The ASU is pretty loaded, but it's um, yeah. a team to could be eye on, for sure.
0: No, that was, that was a great story for the Raiders. Um, obviously, the whole thing with Devontae Adams, and obviously he was kind of the poster child of their issues, but it just yeah. sounded like it wasn't just him. Like, it sounded like it was everybody, especially when you and I talked about this before, The um, everybody just kind of coming into the locker room and giving Josh McDaniels, all the shit that he could handle, kind of, kind of talking about how poorly he's been running the organization to his face. Like, I can't imagine how awkward and uncomfortable that entire conversation was. But then, like you said, Antonio Pierce stepping up afterwards, it seems like their culture is moving in the right direction. And it's tough when you have Aiden O'Connell playing quarterback for you. It's great. He looked good against the Giants. But it helps when the other team is just getting sacked on every other play and turning the ball over. It makes your life as a rookie quarterback much easier let's see how the raiders look against a team that that can actually put up a fight you know
1: well well they'll have a team that's uh, you'll get a test to see how good your quarterback is against the jets defense Mm -hmm. but you're still going to be playing a bad team so it's not maybe a good evaluation of where you are but i mean again playing bad teams to kind of tune you up and kind of get you you know your team excited and feel like the culture is different the confidence is huge so yeah. It could be big for the Raiders. We'll see. Yeah. And, and look, they're only four and five. I mean, they're two games out of a wild card spot. Yep, One game, actually. So,
0: And the AFC is wild, out. isn't it? Like, there are I mean, so many teams in it still.
1: We were talking about the Buffalo Bills in September as the best team in the AFC, arguably. And now they're not even in the playoff hunt.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the perfect segue here. We'll talk a little bit here about... The matchup between the Bengals and the Bills on Sunday night football this past weekend, there is a lot of, I wouldn't even say sadness at this point when it comes to the Bills Mafia. I think it's just a lot of frustration and acceptance at this point because they've kind of seen the same product over and over again over the past two seasons, right? They're a yeah. team that can play really, good, really well against the teams they're supposed to beat. And then when they, especially this season, when they've met adversity that isn't the Miami Dolphins, who is also a team that... Is kind of in the the same trajectory. But when they play teams like the Bengals, um, uh, the Jaguars, uh, they they struggle and they struggled in this game. The biggest talking point right now is Ken Dorsey and the offensive coordinator, kind of how they're running this offense through Josh Allen. Lots of inconsistencies when it comes to the running game and the the pass run ratios. Um, It seems like this team can only be consistently offensively successful when they're playing through josh allen is like a superman where he does all the running and all the throwing and that's just not a way that a team can play to really have extended success while keeping your quarterback healthy throughout the season and i heard an interesting point here today about the bills that clearly the buffalo bills their roster on paper coming into the season looked really good especially on defense right Then they lose two of their biggest pieces on defense in Matt Milano and Trey White. I think this is really showing on the offensive side of the ball, maybe a little bit, I won't say a pure lack of talent, but I don't think this offensive roster is as good as maybe people give it credit for, right? right? Stephon Diggs, amazing player. Beyond that, Gabe Davis, very up and down wide receiver too. He didn't even have one catch in this game against the Bengals. The run game hasn't even had a chance to flourish. James Cook may be a great running back, but he does just hasn't been able to have that consistency. And Then Dalton K- Kincaid, it looks like he's going to be a good tight end for years to come, but he's just a rookie, right? So he's not going to be able to make that type of impact that uh, you need out of a second receiver. Um, so Josh Allen is just forced to do everything, and clearly that's coming back to bite the Bills. Yeah.
1: And, and, and their offensive line is inconsistent and that's not going to help Josh Allen yeah. <laughs> or the run game. Um, and, uh, you know, as the game pivots to offense, you know, Sean McDermott being a defensive head coach, that's also going to be a concern that people are going to talk about. Like, do they need to have a offensive minded head coach to change the, the, the way the offense is ran? Um, I, I don't know. Um, th- that's what's frustrating about the Buffalo bills is that they're a team that has talent but they don't seem to be able to put it together when they need to. And the Cincinnati Bengals, on the other hand, are a team that had the exact opposite season of the Buffalo Bills thus far. They struggled in September and they've really turned it on uh, these last few weeks. And that's what they did last year also. Um, and you know, last year they made it to the AFC championship game and we're really close to making it back to back to seasons where they made it to the Super Bowl. Just uh, a couple plays differently in that AFC championship game last year, they're there. Um, and I think that if you were to, Whole Most NFL fans um, Or even the experts If you had to choose between who you'd want In a must win game Joe Burrow or Josh Allen Most people would tell you they'd want Joe Burrow mm-hmm. And if the Buffalo Bills want to do anything In the AFC They have to be able to beat the teams Like Cincinnati, like Kansas City I mean they show they can beat Kansas City in the regular season That's great, but they can't beat them in the playoffs They can't beat Cincinnati at all um, And You know, So those are the two teams you're going to have to go through at some point if you make it to the playoffs, even if you squeak in. I'd said before the season I thought the Bills were going to be a team that just made the playoffs. But like I just said moments ago, if the playoffs were to start today, they don't even make it. Every Mm -hmm. team in the AFC North is making it, and then you have the division winners, and that's it. And the Bills are not completely out of it because Miami has been very inconsistent themselves. They're beating up the really bad teams they play, but they lose to every good team they play. Yeah. Um the the Jets lost last night. That helped the Bills tremendously because you've already lost to the Jets. So if the Jets had a you know one more win than you, they they would beat you in the tiebreaker. And then the Patriots are imploding. So they're not gonna be a, a team that's a threat to you. So it's not like they're out of it yet. But I will say this if the Buffalo Bills lose on Monday night football to Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos.
0: It's hard to think the season's over, even though it's if technically. If you lose not. your second game to the Jets, the season's over. Yeah. Yeah. Because like just- they have a tough schedule. Um, they they yeah. have the toughest schedule in the NFL left, right? So, yep. it, uh, it? yeah, go ahead.
1: No, this was supposed to be their point in the season where they were stacking wins. Maybe yeah. not the Cincinnati game, but, but, you know, you couldn't lose to the Jets early in the season. They almost lost to the Giants, but they were able to hold on to that one. They struggled at the end against Tampa Bay. They were able to win that, but they lost to the Patriots when they really had no business losing that game. Mm-hmm. You are you can't, you know, with the schedule that you have coming up where you have to play. Uh, this is so they have the Broncos on Monday Night Football this upcoming week. Then Denver, keep in mind, is coming off of a bye. Yeah, so they're going to be at least rested and they just um, beat the Chiefs
0: before that. So they're feeling good. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're feeling good. You play the Jets who you've already lost to. Then you play at Philly, at Kansas City. You host the Cowboys. Then you play the Chargers who are, you know, as of right now, building confidence. Who knows where they'll be then? They're very random. Um, and then you have a game against the Patriots who have beaten you already, and then you go to Miami to end the season.
0: yeah
1: I mean, right now I could see that you, I could see them losing five of those games, and that means that you're you know you've got uh nine, ten losses on the year.
0: That's not making to, the playoffs in the AFC. at a minimum, I think they need to win the next two and, and the last three. I think at a minimum that needs to happen. All right, so that would make them 10 and, 10 and seven, 7. Yeah.
1: Which is borderline in the AFC to make
0: yep. it. Yeah. No, it's it's not looking great. Um and there's no guarantee that they're going to lose all of those tough games, right? It's the NFL. Anything can happen, but just from a trajectory standpoint, it does not seem like they are trending in the right direction and it's very frustrating from kind of a pseudo Bills fan myself and all of the Bills fans that we know. Um one of the biggest things I'll I'll, I'll go back to it real quick. They need to establish some sort of rhythm with their offensive play calling. Right now, when we watch this game between the Bengals and Bills, first drive, fantastic. All passes. They didn't run the ball once. So then after that, in the ensuing drives, they try to force the run, right? They try to at least establish some sort of run game, and it just completely stalls them. So then they're kind of sputtering to try and say, okay, just, do we still try to run it? Do we Now do we just keep going, go back to just throwing it? It's just so hard to have any sort of offensive consistency when your run game consists of you just kind of randomly sputtering some runs here and there, right? Yeah. And there's no rhythm to the play calling. And I think every Bills fan who's listening to this would agree with me.
1: Yeah, no, it's frustrating. There's no guarantee you're going to win all the games that you should win. Like there's, if you were to put out the Broncos, the Jets, the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Dolphins, and the Bills fans would say, oh, yeah, we're going to win all five of those games. There's no guarantee of that. There's also no guarantee you're going to lose every game on the tough part of the schedule either. So it's like it it most likely will be a mix of both. There's a lot of parody in the NFL. But, yeah, it's just they need to definitely win these next two to turn some momentum around and build some confidence before they travel to Lincoln Financial Field and take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Because the Eagles right now, I mean, they might not win every game pretty, but they know how to win the damn game. So... And you know how it is for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's not just first and 10 with them. It's first and nine because they're that tush push play. They're the only
0: team that can do that consistently 100% success all the time. Yeah. And and I do want to put this qualifier out there too. If the Bills do win the next two, then they're going to be seven and four. Like that's not a bad spot to be in. I understand they have a lot of tough games coming after that, but that could definitely give them the momentum they need to at least steal a couple wins out of that tough stretch. Right. So I think out of, Anything they need to win these next two games, starting with this game against the Broncos next week. Right, and and they're in a division race, and they don't play
1: the team they're racing primarily against until the last game of the year. It could come down to that to win the division. Yeah, I think we're Um, actually going to go
0: to that game too, so it's going to be fun. Oh, nice. You're going to go to Miami? Oh, wait, no. No, we were originally thinking that. We decided we're going to the game the week before against the Patriots because Angelo is coming up to visit. We were thinking about maybe going down to Miami to visit Angelo and go to the game, but we're going to do the Patriots game instead. Honestly, that would that would be a pretty cool experience.
1: Check the Miami Stadium off your list. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but this is but here's coinciding with what we're talking about the Bills tough schedule. Here's Miami's schedule, right? So they have a bye this week, and they come off their bye and they host the Raiders, then they go to the Jets, then they play the Commanders. Then they play the Titans. Then they play the Jets at home. Then they play Dallas, Baltimore, Buffalo. So Miami has a really tough last three games. So where Buffalo is after their tough stretch, and where Miami is for the, like, those last three games for both teams are going to be really crucial. It's really, those last two before they play each other. Yeah. Where do they stand in week 16, week 15, week 16? Because that's going to really build the momentum. And I can tell you this if that, if it comes down to that game, that game is going to be the Sunday night football game. Oh, Josh 100%. Allen versus Tua and, and Tyreek Hill. Like, that's going to be the game
0: that they move to Sunday night football to
1: decide the AFC
0: East. I, I think they're going to, the Bills are going to have to beat some teams that are really good though, for that to happen cuz the, the the dolphins i can't see them dropping maybe more than one of those games i mean maybe one or two but either way like yeah. i said before if they win their next two and then win their last three they're 10 and 7 so they they have, they have to win a couple more just just to be in 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 the race so yeah it, of, it, yeah
1: if let's say the dolphins lose uh, let's see. They have the Raiders, Dolphin, the Raiders, Jets twice. The Titans, the Commanders. Let's say they lose one of those games, and they lose both games to Dallas and the Ravens. Uh, that would give them, you know, that would make them going into that Bills game. Uh, yeah, they'd have more they'd than have 10 six wins. losses, right? Six losses. Yeah. So you'd be eleven. You'd be well, no, you'd be ten and six going into the game.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so so, so that would be good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, and if the Bills have already beaten Miami, they'd have the edge there. So, uh,
0: you know, that, the Bills. Yeah, the Bills would just, be nine and seven if, if what we're saying happens, and then they would. Yeah, be the Bills would have six. to be
1: nine and seven, and the, the Dolphins ten and six yeah. going into the
0: game. Dolphins win the division if
1: they win, but same for the Bills. The Bills, you know, yeah. win the division if they win that game. That'd be fun. It could come down to that. That'd be that, fun. Yeah. All right. Maybe not <laughs> for Bills fans. That'd be they'd be stressed
0: <laughs> out of their minds, but it'd be fun for us as uh, sideline observers. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. But, hey, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. we got to take this week week by week just as every team in the NFL is doing. All right. Uh, last game we're going to cover here, we have to give a shout-out to our friend Steve the Oracle Denblaker and his Minnesota Vikings for – I mean, there is there were a couple exciting games for this early slate, but this was definitely up there as maybe the top one or two uh, between the Minnesota Vikings and the Atlanta Falcons here where starting the game – uh, the Vikings went with their rookie quarterback in Jalen Hall and, um, it was, it was looking okay, right? He was, he was trying to make plays, but there was one play he tried to make that was just too much. He tried to go, uh, get out of the pocket, run into the end zone. And he ended up getting popped by the Atlanta defense, ending up, sending him out with a concussion and Josh Dobbs comes into the game. He was just signed to the team earlier in the week, hadn't even practiced with the team yet. And he was leading the team in a very important matchup between them and the Atlanta Falcons. And he's somehow found a way to do it. He was scrambling for his life. He was making plays wherever he could. He didn't even know the, the his teammates' names yet. So uh, the coaches had to tell him number two or, or number three is running an out route. You know, um, it's just such a crazy story. And for him to get the win was really fun to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean the 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 ride that this guy has taken in this past year alone. I mean, earlier this year the two of you were in the same stadium. You know, he was playing for the Titans yeah. and against your Jaguars for the AFC South and he's the guy who fumbled the ball and the Jags recovered it and that, you know, it, you know, exploded your stadium with excitement for the Jags about to win the AFC South, probably the most exciting moment of your Jaguar fandom. Yes. Uh and then he's uh picked up maybe a week before the regular season starts or maybe uh, uh, less than two weeks before to play for the Cardinals. And they said the same thing they're saying now. It's like he didn't even know all of his teammates' names. He was just, you know, brought in. And to his credit, like, the Cardinals weren't winning the games, but they were competitive in a bunch of them. Like, they were competitive week one against the Commanders. They should have beat us in in week two with the New York Giants. Um, And, uh, you know, I think that the Cardinals got rid of him because they knew Kyler was coming back. Yeah. I don't think if they would have maybe traded him if Kyler Murray was out for the full year. Yep. Um. And so Minnesota is a team that also is going through a roller coaster. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings fans, I feel so bad for because they, every single last like two, three years, the, every game feels like it's like a one score game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I, I, like It's always come down to the wire for them, whether they win or lose it. And last year they won pretty much all of them, um, with the exception of the one playoff game uh the year before that i think they went like nine and eight but every game was a one score game and so now they struggle to start the year thinking okay it's gonna be a down year for the vikings the lions are dominant in that division you know is what it is these last few weeks they were winning games they beat the san francisco 49ers on monday night football they're starting to feel really good about themselves they beat their hated rival the green bay packers and up, kurt cousins tears his achilles which seems to be the signature injury this year uh achilles in the uh acl for nfl players and now the vikings fans are like okay season's over and dobbs comes in and wins the way he did he did and now it's like okay vikings are in the seventh spot in the nfc the nfc is not that strong of a conference is it out of the question they're gonna make the playoffs or miss the playoffs i think that they're gonna make it i think
0: they're gonna make it yeah it's definitely not out of the question especially this win was huge against a good team of the falcons Right, I mean they, they they were obviously going with Taylor Heineke since uh, Desmond Ritter was benched. Finally, it took him long enough, um, and they they looked okay. Heineke he will always keep the game in or keep the team in it. You know he'll always play okay enough to potentially get a win. And Josh Dobbs just played a little bit more okay uh, in this instance where he had everything stacked against him, and it was such a cool moment, such a big win for the Vikings as they move forward. Like you said, to hopefully make that playoff push. Um, yeah, I, yeah, and I do want to say. Did you have anything else to say on this game before I I do a quick aside?
1: Well, I was just gonna say the um, I was glad I picked up Heineke again. I benched Kenny Pickett because Pickett sucks um and <laughs> so sort did <of> the Steelers' <laughs> offense. So I Heineke uh played well enough for me to to get some fantasy points to win that game. So thank you for that. Um, but <laughs> I was go. also gonna say the the other thing about the Vikings' chances of making the playoffs is that. I know he said about the bills if 10 wins would be borderline in the AFC, but in the NFC, I think nine wins definitely gets you in eight wins is the borderline for the, uh, the seventh spot in the NFC. So could the Vikings get to eight wins? Absolutely.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Josh Dobbs. This is a much better roster than he had in Arizona, much better defense, obviously much better receivers and even a better, I would say a comparable, maybe a comparable run game. Um, yeah. so I, I think he'll, he'll have enough pieces around him to get a couple wins. And uh, I'll put them in the picture. But no, the one thing I wanted to say, because I I know I alluded to that this was uh, one of the the most exciting games of the early slate. The other one was definitely Houston versus Tampa Bay. And I don't have a picture or a slide, but my God, I was rooting so hard for Tampa Bay. But I was also (laughs) just in awe at what CJ Stroud was doing. Like the man threw for 470 yards, five touchdowns and won the game thirty nine to thirty seven after their kicker got hurt. So they had to go for two every time they scored. Um it, it was their, it was nuts. Their running back made a field goal. Yeah. Daria Gubawali. shout out to the former Jag. Just pulled up yeah. off the practice squad because Damian Pierce is hurt. And he ends up fucking having to do kickoffs and hit a field goal. Absolutely yeah. nuts.
1: Yeah, I, I so CJ Stroud is on my fantasy team, but he's my third quarterback in a two quarterback league. I have Lamar Jackson and Tua ahead of him. Now, Mm. most people would say you would start Lamar and Tua. No one's going to shit on you for that. And I did. So CJ Stroud was on my bench. And in this PPR league, he scored 89.5 points. (laughs) (laughs) I still won, thankfully. But my God, I mean, I was like, that's an insane performance. But it's crazy that you're watching this game. And I I knew when Tampa scored, I was like, no, Stroud's going to go down the field and score and win the game. Like, yeah. I was absolutely confident Like he was like a veteran quarterback who you would like absolutely believe in. If you give them the ball back, they'll score. And you usually only feel that way about players like Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen in most cases. Um, and really, that's kind that's of really, it. Yeah. That in, yeah. in, right now in the NFL, you used to be like Brady and Peyton Manning. Yeah. Um, and, and Eli, of course. <laughs> um, but
0: oh, To be fair, Lawrence did that a few times last year.
1: Yeah, and Lawrence is ascending to that level yeah. as well. But, I mean, just um, – no, I've been very impressed with C.J. Stroud. I thought he would be a pretty good NFL quarterback when I watched that playoff game against um, Georgia last year where he mm-hmm. single-handedly almost carried Ohio State to winning that game against the team that would end up being the two-time national champions. Yeah. So um, I- I'm sure as a Jags fan, like, you're not worried about the Texans this year, but in the big picture, that a team in your division having a franchise
0: guy like that it's got to be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this this division is going to be much harder going forward, man. I mean, all the young quarterbacks in the division, are, are they look good. Will Levis, he looks good. He's only played two games, but they, even just in the two-game sample that we've seen, he looks like he can, he'll can he be able to hang in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, the, the C.J. Stroud thing, absolutely fantastic game. So much fun to watch. He's also decimated my team as well, so I can't say anything bad about the guy. But it's also very early. The week before, he threw for, like, 140 yards and no touchdowns against the Panthers. So it's, like, yeah. we, we like it's, it's amazing, and it's a week-to-week league, but let's see how he keeps doing for the rest of the yeah. season. And the one quarterback you left out, I mean, we've only seen a little
1: bit of him because he got hurt and he's out for the year, but Anthony Richardson it. did look – he did look fantastic. His only issue is going to be they have to be able to uh, – Call a game plan and also coach the guy about not like putting himself in a position where he's going to constantly get hurt because he got injured in every game he played yeah. at some point. Like, got a concussion. Um, what well, I don't know what the injury was that took him out for the season his was arm his, or his uh, shoulder he... or something. Yeah, I've never seen him in a sling. Yeah, horn rogue hit Tater Cuff or something. I don't know. Yeah, but he's uh, he he uh, there's flashes of, of great quarterback play from him too, so mm-hmm. that's something else to watch out for. Yeah, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Maybe stressful for you, but for me as a silent observer, it'll be fun to watch the AFC
0: South race year after year with these guys. Yeah, I was telling you, man, like if the Jags are going to make a run, this is the year, I think, because it's going to get tougher. We're not going to be able to just pencil in all those wins going forward. Um, right. Th- th- this is this is going to be the year and we'll see if they're able to do that. Yeah. Uh, uh, CJ Stroud lock in for offensive uh, player of the year, or rookie of the if year. I mean, if he doesn't win, if he doesn't win, uh, <laughs> there should be letters written to the
1: committees telling them that they need to all be let go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> all
0: right. So now, talk about week nine. Let's move on to week ten. Um. Actually, before we do that, any other stories from week nine? Before we keep going. I or, mean, or do you want to keep uh, move on?
1: No, I, let me let me just do a quick uh look at the scoreboards of uh week 9. There's always something to talk about. I mean that, that Eagles Cowboys game, I got to tell you. Yeah. Living here in Syracuse, New York, uh I felt really bad for the public at large that Fox was airing the Giants game due to like the Ugh. area of, uh you know <laughs> they, it's the, the game of the, the week they, they had they had to they had to play the Giants Raiders due to the the TV rights, but I even was like oh man they really i I rather would watch dallas and philadelphia like my dad and i were turning it to red zone to watch the you know the flashes of that game that we could um i mean that was a game that really both teams tried to lose in certain points um and then but i i think that i think both fan bases are walking out of it saying the same thing saying well we saw what we need to see and uh, the next time we plan we're going to do that much better we're going to find uh uh, the weaknesses and take advantage of them and all that stuff because I know that's how Cowboys fans definitely felt like okay we may have lost but we should have won so next time we play them we're gonna you know do better but the Eagles are saying the same thing like okay yeah. we 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 are in positions to
0: lose this game next time we play them we're gonna do much better they need to figure so out that freaking great. secondary dude James Bradbury, how many freaking penalties did he have in that game that was uh, like what was it 56 yards and penalties on the last drive. For the Cowboys, yeah. I was like, holy shit. Their defensive line wasn't playing so well. That would have been a real issue. Yeah, it's
1: it's so funny because I remember being upset that he was leaving the Giants. And then he, of course, not only leaving the Giants, but going to our hated rival. And I was bitter at the moment. Whoever was evaluating the Giants at the time knew what they were doing when they let him go. <laughs> let him walk out the door because he clearly stinks. Like he, he committed that holding penalty that cost them the Super Bowl last year. And now he's yep. always getting called for some kind of penalty every single game. Uh, It's hilarious to me, but, um, you know, Dak Prescott, again, uh, the Cowboys, they seem to find a way to not win these games when they're playing a tougher opponent. Like, they can beat up the people that they should beat. Like, they're going to beat up the Giants this weekend, but uh, they can't seem to rise to the occasion and beat a really, really good team and have this, like, big signature win. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, I know that the Cowboy fans were throwing a parade because they beat the L.A. Rams, like, easily last week. And it's oh, like, God. yeah, the Rams are not the team that won the Super Bowl two years ago. They're they're bad. I've realized <laughs> the Packers. They're yeah. terrible. And the Packers are a frustrating team to watch, too.
0: I mean, well, to, to be boring. fair, Matt Stafford wasn't playing in that game. That's why I was. So no,
1: bad. but I'm, but the Packers uh, beat you, and the Packers aren't good. No, they're not And the they're Packers. Not, yeah. But you know, Brett uh,
0: is also not good. <laughs> so that offense is about like if anemic. You were,
1: if you were a Green Bay fan, they're probably a frustrating team to watch
0: every single week. Mm, yeah, I, I wouldn't even watch. Like, like yeah. Jordan Love. Uh, it, it's one thing, but I was just saying earlier with you and the Giants, it was, it's probably been really tough to watch them too, but with, with the Packers, it's, it, their offense just seems so uninspiring. It's a couple A.J. Dillon three-yard runs. Then it's, uh, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll sprinkle in a couple big plays from Aaron Jones, but they can never get anything going with the pass. There's no nothing consistent through the air, so it's just, it feels like an, an offense that just can't really get anything going ever. Um, so yeah. I think the, the Jordan Love project is going to be done after this season, I, w- I would imagine.
1: Yeah. Uh. And then the final thing to talk about just week nine is just the AFC North is stacked. They're what we thought the AFC West was going to be last year.
0: Yeah. All four know, them would, the would part- make the playoffs today.
1: I know. That's insane. So
0: right now, the Bengals are in fourth place in that division. <laughs> yeah. And some would argue that they're the best team. It's it's uh, it's uh so crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, real quick, I would like to just go back to the power rankings that I, I mentioned uh, last week with the AFC. And some of you might have been listening and thinking, Drew, the the Chiefs just lost to the Broncos. How, how do you not have them as your number one team in the AFC? And then you're like, you don't even have the Dolphins in the top five? What is wrong with you? Well, clearly we saw, I mean, I, I would have wished that the Chiefs kept blowing them out would have made this point a lot stronger but (laughs) clearly we saw that the chiefs are still the elite team in the afc until we say otherwise and right now it's not even because of their offense it's because their defense their defense is fantastic and the dolphins we saw fell to another good team like you said before they're just one of those teams that can beat the teams where they were supposed to be and beat them into the ground and then they struggle against good competition
1: yeah yeah it's it's again you can't Punish the Dolphins for who's been in front of them their first set of games where they beat the bad teams because they not only did they beat them, they beat them pretty badly. But it's a fair question to ask who have you beaten when you've only your six wins are against teams with losing records and your three losses are against teams with winning records. It's a fair question to ask why can't you play well against the quality teams? And because I mean, if you want to do anything in the playoffs, like I said about the Bills earlier, you have to be able to beat the teams like the Chiefs, the Bengals. Um, the, the Ravens, the Bills, you have to be able to beat those teams if you want to do anything other
0: than make it to the playoffs and have a quick exit. Yeah. No, 100% agree. And last thing, Ravens destroying the, the Seahawks, uh, keeping the, their opponent to single digits and scoring over 30 again. Um, their defense is guilty. I know, their defense is ridiculous. I, I heard yesterday that they have 36 sacks in nine games. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? The, the jaguars are at the bottom. They're at, they only have like sixteen. It's, it's their actual sack numbers are pretty bad. But in comparison to the ravens, man, they their their defense is scary. I don't know if their offense is scary yet, but their defense yeah. is definitely scary. Well, that's the thing about the both the
1: ravens and the chiefs. Both have great defenses, but their offenses are kind of suspect. But you kind of will believe in it because they have the quarterbacks that they do. Obviously, you have more faith in the Kansas City Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes is you know leaps and bounds better than Lamar Jackson. Yeah, but. Lamar Jackson is still a quarterback that is a former unanimous MVP in this league mm-hmm. uh, very recently, too. So, I think the Ravens' offense will figure it out, and I wouldn't be surprised if that was the AFC Championship game this year. I uh, don't know where it will be yet, but Baltimore, Kansas City could be what we... They could be on a collision course at the AFC Championship game. We'll find out. We'll see Certainly where the seating is. We'll see where seating is in matchups. It means such a whole lot, so it's going to be a crazy finish, and I think that the Ravens still have to play ball the the Bengals one more time, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's gonna be gonna be fun to see it play
0: out. That's for sure. What has been fun to see play out is this pick contest that we have. Now, to be fair, Money Mike, you won last week. Yes, you you uh you got two two wins on me, and then neither of us called the Giants Raiders game correct. So you yeah. called the Bengals to beat the Bills. And then you called our uh, random game of the week. I don't remember which one it was. Do you remember? Uh, it was Philly, Dallas. I took the Eagles. Yep. yep, you took the Eagles. So you were right. So you gained two points back, which means you're only six games back, as you can see. On I'm this trending week. upward. If I'm <laughs> stock, you should buy me in this picks contest. <laughs> and as you can see at the bottom here, uh, you have lost two lives. I have lost one. You have lost two lives because of the Minnesota Vikings and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I lost because of the Jags against the Houston Texans. So let's see how this will continue to develop with the Week 10 slate of games. And we'll start here with, I would say, the biggest game of the week. And that is the San Francisco 49ers traveling off of a bye to Jacksonville to play the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are also coming off of a bye. Jaguars have come out, has a two and a half point underdogs in their own stadium. This is a big game for the Jags. If they win this game, even though it would mean the 49ers have lost four straight, it still means that the Jags have now beaten one of the teams that people would still consider to be one of the best in the NFC, uh, partly because the NFC is such a weak conference in general. But I think this would be a huge win for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they will win this game. I think the offense is going to look a lot different coming out of the bye week. Um, I think they're going to be uh, throwing it down the field a lot more. The offensive line is going to be more short up, and we're going to be looking good. So I'm going to pick the Jaguars to win this year, Mike. What are your thoughts? I'm guessing you're picking the 49ers. You're, you're picking the Jags to win this year? Okay. Wow. No, I'll take this game. i take. Game. He's
1: picking the Jags to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, if we, uh, win a, if we win a few games going down the stretch, then I will.
1: Okay. Um. Yeah, so Chase Young's first game with the 49ers playing alongside Bose on that line. I just... Uh, I have a hard time believing the 49ers are going to lose another game, a fourth game in a row, especially coming off a bye with how talented they are. Um, The Jaguars are not as good of a home team as they are a road team. And this is going to basically feel like a 49ers home game. I mean, last time the 49ers were there, it was like a sea of red in that stadium. Uh, Maybe with the Jaguars being more competitive, that's not going to be the case this time around, but I think it still will be pretty evident that there's a lot of 49er fans in Florida. It's going to um, be we'll 60 travel. 40 at
0: a minimum. 60% Jags, 40% 49ers at a minimum, if not worse. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I, I'm picking the 49ers. Um, and uh, I also, this is one of those catch-em games where I think the 49ers are going to win. You're, you're going to pick the Jags. And this is a game where I'm going to catch up to you a little
0: bit because I know we're not going to be picking the same on it. So, <laughs> yeah. No, that's entirely fair. You got to do what you got to do. And it's, it's a fair pick. And I bet you a lot of yeah. people are picking the 49ers here, too. Um, all right. Next game we have is the New York Giants traveling to Dallas, to Arlington, to Jerry World to face the Cowboys and Dak Prescott, who is coming off potentially one of his best games of his career against the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my fandom and pride would be like, I'm picking the Giants just out of pure that. But I'm behind in the picks and I know that Dallas
0: is going to win. So I'm going to I'm going to take Dallas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to. Offset that win you'll get with the with the 49ers pick with a, a pick of the Giants here. So I can't, I can't tell people to buy stock in me making picks and then pick the Giants this week. It's just like, <laughs> that is
1: completely false advertising.
0: It is. Uh, I'm also picking the Cowboys. Pretty easy pick there. Um, Tommy DeVito is going to get swallowed up by Micah Parsons. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's going to
0: be... Uh,
1: will, it, will it be worse than 40 to nothing?
0: It could that's, be. <laughs> that's true. There's a low bar coming into this game. I, I don't know if they if they can get lower than that but we shall see. Yeah. Um all right. Not good. Broncos at Bills on Monday Night Football. Bills have had a ton of primetime games this year. Yeah. yeah, which is which is deserving, but it's just I'm sure Bills fans are sick of it to be honest cuz I, I I I love the primetime game every once in a while like with the Jags and because they don't get many, but like I prefer watching a game at 1 p.m. on a Sunday. It's it's my favorite time to watch football. Um yeah. I'm picking the Bills here. they got to win this game. It's a must-win. Um, I know the Broncos are coming off of a big win against the Chiefs, but th- th- there's no way that they can... Be- <laughs> this Broncos team beats the Chiefs and Bills back-to-back. I just, I just can't see it.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I'm I nervous about this one uh, because I... You know... Because uh, I could see a scenario where the Broncos win because it'd be funny. But I think that the best- <laughs> I think the Bills win it on Monday Night Football. I'm going to be watching on the Manning cast, and I know uh, Peyton's going to be rooting hard for Denver and getting pissed off every time Russell Wilson makes a mistake, which I'm sure will be a lot. But of all the times we've been shitting on Russell Wilson on this podcast the last year and a half, it's like there's no way that the Broncos (laughs) can beat the Bills.
0: Oh, my God. That'd be so embarrassing. Uh, But to be fair, you never know what this Bills team and, and you never I, know <laughs> but i i, I think it makes sense that we're both picking the bills here it was really funny though your boy eli last night on the uh Manning cast when he was when they were talking to trevor lawrence and trevor did you was watch like, it? yeah i did and trevor was like oh i want to stay for this last or one more jets drive and eli's like oh that's the first time we've heard that all season you want to stay for another three and out i was like oh damn <laughs> <laughs> eli with the zinger my god yeah which is, yeah,
1: it, oh, that's so funny, because especially, you know, Eli being the New York Giants quarterback, I'm sure Jet fans are like, well, the Giants are worse this year than us, you know, shut up, Eli, but it, 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 not wrong. Uh, oh, my God, yeah. No, the, the thing with the Bills, man, I mean, the look, logic will tell you this, the Dolphins put up 70 points on the Broncos, you <laughs> beat the Dolphins by 28, so you should beat the Denver Broncos by 98 points. <laughs>
0: anything less is a disappointment yes that'd even be a failure (laughs) (laughs) all right both picking the bills there um you picked the game the random game of the week last week so i'll pick it this week um i was thinking looking through the slate there are some close matchups between bad teams so i kind of had to just pick one of those games um yeah i'm gonna pick the jets and the raiders i think that's that was probably the closest matchup i could see on this list um Either that or the Colts and the Patriots, maybe. Those are kind of the two I was looking at, but both very unexciting games, but ones that will be interesting for us to pick. Okay, so who picks first? You pick first last time. I'll pick this time. Uh, I'm going to go with... (laughs) That says it all. I know. I, I hate that I'm doing this. I'm going with the Jets, and the reason I'm doing this is because the Raiders were so bolstered by them firing Josh McDaniels I think that fairy dust is going to wear off and kind of the Aiden, Aiden O'Connell struggles are going to show in this Jets game.
1: I'm so thankful you did that because I wanted to pick the Raiders. I almost was going to pick the Raiders for my lock pick this week. <laughs> um, so I'm taking the Raiders, uh, but I'm going to pick someone else for my lock pick now. But uh, yeah, I, I think the Raiders fairy dust is going to continue because they're still at home uh, and the Jets offense is so terrible that I'm like, okay, Crosby is going to eat Zach Wilson alive. Zach Wilson's fumbled the ball, what, five times in the last two games. So uh, I'm taking the formerly Oakland Raiders to win in Las Vegas at home under Antonio Pierce.
0: Yeah, this may have been a mistake to pick the Jets, but that's all
1: right. Too late, Uh, too late. I've got it. (laughs) Lock it in, lock it in. (laughs) Um,
0: All right, so uh, for my lock, it doesn't really matter, I guess, who picks. I'll I'll just say mine because it's pretty obvious. I'm picking the Cowboys. Um, it's, 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 it's it's by far the easiest Wait, Have you picked the Cowboys yet this year? I have not. I, I, I've checked the list. Neither of us have yet. So. Oh,
1: all right. Yeah. Um, okay. So you're picking the Cowboys as your lock. Uh, I was going to pick the Raiders, but since we did that as the split game, I'm going to pick somebody else. Um, I'm going to go with, because I don't see a scenario where I'll pick them again. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers at Uh, home against Green Bay.
0: I thought about them for a moment.
1: So I'm gonna go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's gonna be an
0: ugly game, dude.
1: It is. It is. But you <laughs> know what? I'm picking the Steelers because they're at home. And I'm hoping that TJ Watt just frustrates Jordan Love enough to where uh Pittsburgh is able to handle their biz. Yes. And uh and, and take care of it. So um, <laughs> you could have again, still picked the Raiders, dude. Like
0: <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But you know
1: what, for for fun's sake, <laughs> for fun's sake,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh with Pittsburgh. Give yourself another game to root for. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I was torn between those two anyway, so. You really weren't going to pick the Cowboys. That was never a, a contemplation. Uh, No, because I saved the Cowboys for later on in the year. Okay. All right. Well, I, I guess now that it's not actually an eliminator, also, I guess. Also, I'm... <laughs> look, I'm, already, I'm already going against yeah. my goal here by picking the Dallas
1: Cowboys just in the Giants-Dallas pick. I can't double down on it and then be like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pick the Cowboys not
0: only to beat my team, but I'm picking them as my luck as well. <laughs> That's true. The Giants could never be bad enough for that to be the case. Right. Um, can you believe that you and I both picked the Giants as an eliminator pick this year, and it somehow hit? Like, Yeah, in hindsight, I know. Well, that's look, crazy. I, I,
1: I, I mean, <laughs> after that 40 nothing debacle, I was like, okay, the only time I'm ever going to feel this confident about the Giants based on their schedule is the Cardinals game. And maybe against Washington. Washington's the other game where you can always pick the Giants. I bet the Giants win one more game this year. And it's going to be against Washington
0: because no matter who we have in uniform, we always beat them. Yeah. So yeah. Required a Herculean effort by the giants to come back against the hapless Cardinals. Yeah. What a season so far. (laughs) Crazy. All right. Last few things we're going to talk about today. NBA update your Celtics. As we were talking about before the show started, finally dropped a game. Derek white was missing because of uh, the birth of his child. Um, and the Timberwolves uh, Anthony Edwards went off at the right time but the Celtics they're looking fantastic still right yeah I
1: mean one of the best teams in the NBA if not the best team in the NBA Uh, you know this is who they were last year at the start of the year they were everybody's pick to win the finals they were winning games so I know I'm not going to get too um, ahead of myself here but just right now they are playing very good basketball Um, Christoph Porzingis has been a phenomenal asset to the Boston Celtics. And I know that people when he got traded there and myself included were kind of like, "Eh, is this really going to do anything?" Like, you know, he always gets seems to get hurt. Um, but he's been unguardable with every team we've been playing. And um, you know, we I was sad about trading Robert Williams, but Robert Williams is uh going to be out for a long time. He has to have knee surgery. So that's why the Celtics didn't keep him. He's he's a very effective when he plays defensively, but he's very rarely available. So it it was just a kind of a funny but sad thought that you know he got traded to portland because of that um and we traded marcus smart to memphis who started off the season one and six and it's like that, that's... <laughs> and he probably looks over at us being undefeated and now we're five and one uh so he's probably bitter about that but i mean Jalen brown looks amazing to start this year he had an amazing dunk on carl anthony uh towns last night oh no no it was uh goddard who he had a, a signature posterized dunk over it was Awesome. Um, Jason, go bear, go bear. Sorry, I, I'm thinking, <laughs> Dallas uh, Goddard. I, I, yeah, do hey, he dunked over Dallas Goddard. He we went from the Eagles <laughs> to the Timberwolves. Uh, sorry, Miss, no, misspoke, okay. misspoke. Um, and Jason Tatum's like just his stroke is so pure when he, you see him shoot. Like, it's amazing how uh, how the guy can just like terrible low percentage
0: shots, but he hits them, so it's fine. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, so. Um, and Derek White has been so effective every time he plays. Uh, again, we lost last night, but we didn't have him. We also It took overtime for us to lose. So we're still undefeated with our full-strength team and in regulation. So uh, we have some upcoming tough uh, games. We play the 76ers uh, tomorrow night in Philadelphia. And then we have the in-season tournament game against the Nets. So how does that um, then, work? Um... So, so it's like you play a set of games um, – over the span of a couple weeks that are, you know, considered the in-season tournament, you're you're basically, based on record, put into groups of five. Um, And so the Celtics group of five, I think, is like the Magic, the Nets, the Bulls, and there's somebody else. But the Celtics were like the top seed in their group of five. There's a really really good team in each of the, like, minor groups of five. Um, They made these signature courts, which look so ugly, in my opinion, that they're playing on. Just yeah, just Google the the different courts. It, it, they're very like the bulls one was all red. It was an all red court. It was really disgusting. I thought. Um, and so basically, your record uh, in these individual games is going to be used, and then like uh, based on who has the best records, will be playing in Las Vegas. Um, yeah. See, look at that. That isn't that terrible. Like, ugh, these are just nasty looking. I think. Um, and there's going to be like a a. The best teams will go to Las Vegas and play in a, um, championship regular season championship game for this like NBA Cup is what they're calling it. Um, again, this is the first year, so I'm still they're not just trying not to make the, with it.
0: the regular season interesting in some way. Right? Yeah, Which and, I get it. You got to do something, but
1: and every in season tournament game uh, is going to count as t- part of your regular season schedule, except for if you make it to the championship of this in season tournament. Like if you play in the championship game of the in season tournament, since they don't know who that's going to be played between so you can't schedule it ahead of time. Um those won't that won't count in the regular season in terms of uh, uh the regular season standings, I believe. Um but Dude, it will I, be like a it's like a thing of pride, I guess for the players. The court,
0: courts like this are just too much, man. Like like it, yeah. like I just like the classic basketball court with the logo in the middle. Call me a boomer, but the, the, this is just it's hard on the eyes, like it's distracting yeah. when you're watching the game. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah,
1: for those of you listening, uh what he googled was the Chicago Bulls Play-In Tournament court. It's bright red um and the paint is like basically darker red with some like wood color in between. Um and the Chicago Bulls logo at center court is white, all white with a little NBA cup trophy that they've created for this thing. It's very strange. Yeah. It's, it's very weird. So again, it hasn't really I, I'm sure on Friday when the commentators are talking about it, I'm going to get more background as to what the rules are um, and how it's going to play out. Uh, all I care about is that the Celtics, uh, I don't give a crap about this in-season tournament. It's going to be like a bragging rights thing to your friends. Yeah, and What really matters to me is winning the NBA finals, that that this little in-season, uh, the Lakers come in for all I care. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter to
0: me. <laughs> uh, speaking of the Western Conference, it sounds like the start of the James Harden era in Los Angeles. Did not start as planned. Uh, what are your thoughts on Harden going to Los Angeles, joining the Clippers with Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard? Do you think they have a chance to contend? Or no. do you think that this is just going to be another classic Clippers, try to buy some stars, have them not mesh at all, and then just lose early in the playoffs here? If I'm not mistaken, the Los Angeles Clippers in their
1: franchise history have never made the Western Conference Finals Nope. in their history. Yep. And, and I think that that's going to continue to be the trend because James Harden, I categorize as the same as Kyrie Irving. You, he can be good for a little bit, but ultimately in the big picture, he's not good for your team. Um, And so I think that he is going to not help the chemistry there. I think he's a selfish player. Uh, Again, he had an offer waiting to go back to Houston. And when he met with them and told them that he wanted to be the scoring champion again, they said, yeah, we don't want you because this is not the attitude we were hoping
0: for from you (laughs) at this point in your career. Man, when you lose to the Knicks in your debut of this all star stacked roster, 111 to 97, you don't even put up 100 points in today's NBA with that roster. Yeah. yeah. It's not a good start.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, but out of the West, you know, Denver's uh, still the best team by far. Um, and Golden State's good. Dallas is playing well. Again, in the big picture, Kyrie's not going to be good for you. Um,
0: oh. And. You know Phoenix hasn't been that good. Um, they haven't well, really Devin been Booker's been for... been out for a lot of games, and Bradley Beal's been out for all of them. I'm pretty sure. So it's literally just been the Kevin Durant show for the most part. He's getting old. Can't carry a team yeah. by himself. And a team that won't really make any impact in terms of playoffs. But
1: Wembenyama for the San Antonio Spurs is a specimen. Yeah, I mean it's just. I, I, my dad doesn't really pay much attention to NBA basketball, especially during the regular season. He'll watch some playoff stuff, but he doesn't really pay that much attention. I just, when we were watching the Giants game, when we were really kind of bored, um, <laughs> I handed him my phone. I said, hey, dad, this is just the first six games of the season. There's already a highlight reel for this guy. He never even heard of Wembenyama. And he's holding my
0: phone watching this, and he's just going, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Seven foot four and plays basically like a Kevin Durant with... Yeah, even more and Kevin Durant was asked about that. Kevin Durant was asked about like comparisons, and he goes, you Guys,
1: don't he's saying to the media, he's like, Don't compare this kid to me. He's in his own lane. Like, yeah. he is, he is different and, and in a good way. So he goes, I appreciate you guys trying to like say, Oh, he's going to be a great player. You're comparing him to me, saying I'm a great player, but really, he's going to be his own thing and he's cool. going to paint his own
0: lane. And, uh, he is phenomenal. That That's actually um, really cool from Kevin Durant to say that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, because there's only there's probably only what, like two or three other guys that even rival his height. Uh, yeah. Because KP, I looked up the other day, he's like seven foot three. Like they have yeah. very similar builds between those two. Um, and then yeah. obviously there's the guy. What, what was his name? Uh, Bobon, the, the guy from uh, who, who was on Philly for a little bit. A little yeah. bit like that guy's huge too. But yeah, for for a guy to be seven foot four, dribble and move like a guard and shoot like a like a shooting guard is, is ridiculous and then it'd be such a good shot blocker already it's averaging 20 points a game like dude he's gonna be ridiculous I, i'm very excited to watch him fingers crossed that he doesn't get hurt Cause yeah, yeah.
1: no absolutely it's it, it's gonna be fun to watch but he again the, the spurs as a team are not very good yeah um they're not going to be in the mix uh in the western conference at all this year
0: but down the line they'll be they'll be dangerous Speaking of dangerous, there's one team in the uh, Major League Baseball that is not seeming to be dangerous for any time in the near future, and that is the New York Yankees. Because I got a voice memo from our friend Cerberito Bandit of him just going off about how terrible the press conference from Brian Cashman was today. Um, So I wanted to leave with that. It was a really funny voice memo. I wish I could play it on the stream, but I just... I uh, I don't know if you'll, you'll be able to hear it if I play it. Um, okay. But, um, but, so the Yankees, they're, they're a shit show. We can have Burrito on someday to talk about it, but what else do you got, Mike?
1: Well, yeah, no, it's funny because the uh, Yankees talked about near the end of the year, uh, their owner was talking about how, like, if they don't, you know, make it to the playoffs, there's going to be major changes. And after the press conference today, it's like, it doesn't seem like anything's going to change at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Yankee fans are pissed about. Um, and so, you know, now that the World Series is over, congratulations to the Texas Rangers for winning the World Series. Um, there's just now it's the manager changes are being made. Um, executive changes are being made. The Red Sox hired uh, Craig Breslow uh, to be the president of baseball operations for us. Um, and uh, he's a former pitcher. And so what I'm excited about from that perspective was he was on our pitching staff in 2013. when We won the World Series having a pitching background and being a former player, I think he's going to work more in sync with uh, Alex Cora, our current manager because Alex Cora and our former president of baseball operations really butted heads because Bloom was not a baseball former baseball player. Uh he was like this analytics genius guy that they brought in. Um so now and they just really butted heads on decisions that were being made. So now that you bring in a former player background and also a pitching background, he's going to focus on pitching um and he's going to be able to work in sync with our manager and I really hope that that is good for the Red Sox. But now the talk is about free agency, and the biggest free agent out there is obviously Shohei Otani, you know, pitcher and uh, amazing uh, at the plate. So it's going to be interesting. There's 10 teams rumored to be interested in this guy. Um, and, you know, it's obviously the Dodgers, the Giants, the Red Sox, Yankees, Mets, the Rangers are in the mix for them. Seattle Mariners are in the mix for him. Apparently the Texas Rangers are the favorite to land
0: him. Wow. Which, All right. Doubling down. I'm like,
1: man, they're already like you have DeGrom, Ivaldi, uh, Scherzer. If you add Shohei Otani to their pitching mix, that's going to be very, very dangerous for everybody. The number of already.
0: former Mets players you just said is so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? We have all these great players. They yeah. couldn't make a difference on the Mets.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then there's also uh there's this guy from Japan who's apparently gonna be this amazing pitcher. He's young that everyone wants to the same ten teams that are in the mix for Otani are after this guy too. Um so it's not a huge free agent market but the big names are going to be fought after by pretty much all the same teams and um it's going to be interesting to see who goes where in these next uh, couple of months. Um I just hope that the Red Sox land somebody um and really give us as Red Sox fans something to really cheer about. I know Yankee fans are very confident that they might get their hands on Soto from the Padres in a trade and they're hoping to get the Japanese pitcher and also Shohei Otani. Um, but <laughs> Just buy them all, baby. Let's go. Well, I mean, really, that's what the Yankees, the Yankee fans expect and want. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Michael Kay, who's the voice of the Yankees, has his own show on Yes and ESPN at Simulcast. He was basically saying, look, you have to, if you're not going to make any changes in the front office, uh, you got to give the Yankee fans something to get them to buy tickets in the wintertime uh, for the games. Because the season tickets are usually sold out by. December January um and in order for people to have the drive to buy those tickets you need to give them something and if you're not going to make changes in the front office you have to get one of these big names yeah. um so um i think that the likelihood of otani coming to any team on the east coast is very unlikely uh i'd love for him to be a red sock but i think that he wants to be somewhere warm and that's why like a team like um texas makes a lot of sense the dodgers make the most sense to me cuz you're you don't have to move he'll still be in la yeah. and you're going to be going from a losing culture to a winning culture so the Dodgers, even though the, the rumor is that Texas is his favorite, I think he ends up in as a Dodger. That's my prediction, that Shohei Otani would be at a Los Angeles Dodger next year.
0: I think he's going to be a New York Met. Fuck you, Mike. Uh... Yeah, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> no free agents are signing with the Mets this offseason, I think. Yeah, and to be fair, it didn't work last time. Uh, Burrito Banda in the chat says, Buying them all ain't going to work if this front office is the same. Front office is going to mismanage them and get them hurt like everyone else. So, essentially, they're doomed until they get rid of Cashman.
1: Well, it doesn't sound like they're going to be doing that
0: anytime soon. So, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to the Yankees. Shout out to baseball, man. Thank God it's over. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. Richard I'm just her. kidding. I know. Burrito Bandit's our biggest fan. He loves baseball, so I'm not talking shit. I'm joking. Uh, no MMA. Uh, well, there are there was some pretty big. Uh, MMA news in terms of announcing future cards, but I won't bore you with that, Money Mike, because you are not a UFC fan. So there will be zero back and forth. Um, they're they're exciting matchups, but not like mainstream exciting matchups. Uh, the the UFC has a little bit of a problem with star power. Um, like, like obviously you know Conor McGregor. Um, there might be some other names that you you might recognize, but right now there are just like John. You probably know John Jones, right? You've heard of yeah. him before, Bones Jones? Bones uh, Jones, yep. Brother of Chandler Jones, brother of Arthur Jones. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, Didn't he cheat? <laughs> he had pegograms of a steroid in his body. So some people debate if he actually did cheat or if there's like a tainted substance. It, it was ridiculous. But uh, personally, I don't care. Like, let him fucking take steroids. I don't give a shit. just make the sport exciting who cares like like as long as they're yeah whatever um but so john jones was actually supposed to fight this weekend in madison square garden he was supposed to defend his heavyweight title against Steve miocic who people uh consider the best heavyweight of all time um but and john jones ended up injuring himself during training so he had to pull out but other than that man like the ufc does not have any mainstream stars and the the sport itself is is Getting bigger, so it doesn't really matter that much. But uh, that's why I don't really bring it up that much on the podcast, because like you don't really uh, know anything about these guys. Some of my friends do, but like otherwise, nobody else is going to know anything about mixed martial arts.
1: Well, we can have here, here's a fun question to ask about MMA. Where would you rather go see a UFC fight, Madison Square Garden, or would you rather go to Vegas? I think
0: I would just. I would rather go I, I don't really care where. But I've never been to Madison Square Garden, so I'd probably choose Madison Square Garden. Okay. Um and that's where they that's where John Jones was supposed to fight this weekend. When did you go to Vegas? I've never been to Vegas. I'm just saying oh, okay. like Madison Square Garden's like a historic place. Like I feel like I would yeah. love to go there for something, you know? Um Burrito brings up an interesting point. says, Do you feel like the move towards theatrics and over the top personalities like wrestling wrestling? has hurt the UFC's ability to make stars now that people want boisterous personas instead of actual top-tier competition, especially with how Dana handles his business. So essentially the question is, was the creation of Conor McGregor and the megastar that he became, has that kind of hurt the UFC's ability to create other stars because people are looking for the next Conor McGregor? That's an interesting point.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that really, because for a casual like me who, I won't go out of my way to buy a ticket for for a pay-per-view, but, like, if I was invited to go somewhere to watch a fight, which I have been before, then, yeah, I'll go. Like, I remember going to Finley's years ago to watch some fights and went over to my brother's to watch a fight. Um, And part of the draw was to see uh, somebody like Conor McGregor fight. Like, cause even if you don't watch the UFC, you know who Conor McGregor is. And he would have those moments where he'd win a fight and go, I want to apologize to absolutely effing nobody, you know. Yeah. And he had this suit that uh, – it was a pinstripe suit that said, you know, F you down <laughs> the whole thing. Um uh, uh, there was that video of him, like, uh, where he went and saw somebody who had a, a cardboard cutout of him on their balcony and in an Irish flag, and he went up and met the guy. Uh, I remember that's That was pretty cool before one of his big fights. Um, he was just this big personality that you kind of either rooted for or rooted against. And you're right, they're they're lacking that, and, and I don't know if mes- necessarily building Connor up as much as they did hurts uh, their ability to make other guys like that. I don't know if that's the case. Um, it's just when you don't have that, uh, then yeah, it hurts the viewership because people are like, ah, you know,
0: who, who cares about these? Because you know. the sport itself, it can be very interesting, especially when there's two strikers in there and they're throwing bombs and That's when the sport is the most interesting, but a good percentage of the fights are on the ground. Lots of grappling, lots of grappling against the fence, which can be very interesting for people who grapple, for people who understand mixed martial arts. But for the average person like yourself or anybody who's not really into martial arts in general, you probably see them doing jujitsu on the ground. You see them fighting for position on the cage and you're like, this is kind of boring. Really.
1: Yeah, the other thing I struggle with, just speaking from my perspective, um, is when you buy or go somewhere to watch a, a premier fight, you have to watch like five other fights beforehand. And these fights are people who are less tier than the big signature one. Yeah. And so if you don't have that those signature headliners, then your people below that are also bad, like not bad, but like not interesting. It's very hard to get new yeah. fans interested in the sport. And like you, you watch a fight, and and then you have to wait another 25, 30 minutes before the
0: next one starts. And you're like, the main event doesn't it. start till fucking midnight. Like, that shit yeah. drives me nuts. You have to pay 80 bucks for a pay per view now. Like, it, it, it is, uh, there is a huge barrier to entry when it comes to watching the UFC. Um, yeah. It's... And then
1: you, you pay $80 and you wait hours for your signature fight. And then the signature fight is over in like 30 seconds
0: if it's like a knockout. And it's like, well, yeah.
1: that's, yeah. this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i could have
0: to and watch this on youtube the next day <laughs> it's like sometimes the hype just completely outdoes the actual performance and the actual results so i i totally understand like i love the ufc i love martial arts in general which is why i'm really into it but for the the average fan i totally understand why maybe the sport it's definitely grown but it's definitely not grown to to as far as maybe it could be um so good point burrito he says uh, the point of the question is, have we strayed too far away from the art and the sport and more the event and the experience? Fortunately, the event and the experience, that's what's going to draw the, the mainstream crowd in. Um, yeah. People who don't know that well, the specifics aren't going to be as into that, I would say.
1: Well, and Burrito should know this as a baseball fan. I mean, I, have we gotten away from the purity of the game of baseball where they're making changes so that more people will watch? Like they, they, the reason they invented the pitching clock is to speed the game up so it's faster and doesn't take as much of your day. To try to get more people to watch baseball, um, is that necessarily good for the purity of the game? Not, I mean, not really. I mean, but there was it, for pure, pure baseball fans, it was strategy for how long a pitcher would ho- like kind of hold onto the ball and make a batter wait for a pitch. You know, there was some, uh, or every time that a you know, batter, you'd step into the box, step out of the box, try to throw the the pitcher off. Now, baseball fans like me love that shit and understand that shit but for the average fan they're like come on will you fucking move this game along
0: (laughs) (laughs) i was one of those that's for sure yeah Um...
1: exactly well that's the thing (laughs) you and i I are basically on the same perspective for the two sports like you're an out you, you know baseball and you can appreciate some of it but you're not really a baseball fan i know of ufc uh and can watch it but i'm not like super into it yeah you know
0: yeah, like, you don't appreciate, like, the ins and outs of it, whereas I don't really appreciate the ins and outs of baseball. So that's right. just how it goes. Uh, they're, they're both great sports in their own right, and they have great fans, obviously. So, um, but, yeah, nothing big to report on the uh, martial arts end. So, Money Mike, I think uh, if that is all you have, I think that we'll call it here for Episode 122 of Another Damn Sports Podcast. Does that sound good? Sounds
1: good to me. Go Celtics. and. Uh... Giants fans, uh, uh, this is
0: lost year. This is a lost year. Let's just get ready for 2024. G, everybody enjoy week ten of the NFL season. Mike, we're already at the double digits, man.